Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up? What's up, Buttercup? What is going on? Super grateful that you're here. My name is the same as the title of this podcast. Yes, this is your host, Shalene Johnson. This is The Shalene Show. I'm really excited that you're here. Really pumped about some episodes coming up. I can't wait for you guys to hear some of the guests that I have lined up. Of course, I always am going to do those solo shows too, which today is one of those solo shows. Today, we're going to talk about what it's like to grow up with ADHD. I also want to say before I start that I really appreciate the feedback I've been getting from those of you who just love Friday's edition. So if you're new to The Shalene Show, Monday and Wednesday, we do work. We do life-changing work. We talk about the types of things that make you a better person. I try to make sure that there are takeaways. I do the research for these episodes, and I try to find you some amazing guests. There's always a takeaway, but on Fridays, it's just me talking to you like we're BFFs. I tend to go for a ride with you in my car, and it's just off the top of my head. Sometimes my husband's there with me. They're definitely more raw. We just record them and put them up. And I just love hearing from those of you who are like, it's awesome to know all of these things about your life. It's funny. I can tell from Instagram the people who literally do not listen to my podcast because all the questions they ask, I'm like, dude, if you just listened on to Friday's edition, you pretty much know every inch of my life. You know my thoughts. You know how I think. You know what we're going through. You know all the things. So anyways, I want to invite you to listen to Fridays. Yes, we also do an Alzheimer's update on Fridays, typically. Sometimes it's devoted just to Alzheimer's, but you can tell by the title. If it says life or update, I'm talking about all the things. Today's episode, however, is devoted to the topic of ADHD. And I thought it'd be pretty cool to make sure that we had a sponsor related to, at least for me, related to ADHD, and that is Organifi. So I discovered Organifi when I was looking into my brain health. And one of the things I learned was that I could have better cognition and memory, et cetera, from taking supplements, not just, you know, I mean, a lot of people do Adderall and Ritalin, and I can't even think of some of the other medications that are commonly prescribed to people with ADHD. And I'm not suggesting that supplements can replace your medication. You obviously want to talk to a physician. But I knew for me, I wanted to find natural remedies, things that could improve my cognition, my memory. And one of the things I learned was that the brain needs brain-derived neurotropic factor, which is something we produce naturally. But I had heard that there were supplements that could also increase your BDNF. So I started searching to see if I could find one that was like clinically proven to boost BDNF because here's the deal. When we're talking about supplements, you do know that they're not regulated by the government, right? Like it's not like taking a medical grade prescriptive drug. When we're talking about supplements, you are at the mercy of the company that's producing the supplement, which means whatever they want to claim the supplement can do, whatever they want to write on the label of the supplement that's contained within it, it's not regulated. That's why it's really important that number one, like I always say, be careful when you're buying anything off of Amazon 
Number two, you want to look for companies that triple lab check. And that's really important. That's one of the reasons why I chose Organifi. Specifically, I started taking a supplement called Pure. It eventually ended up replacing the lemon ginger water that I was making myself because in addition to the lemonade flavor, it also had 11 superfood compounds that are specifically formulated for brain performance, right? Again, it's 100% USDA certified organic, clinically proven to boost BDNF by up to 142%. Triple lab checked. This will help you think sharper, boost memory, and it just, you know, it helps you to connect those synapses in your brain cells. And if we can do that naturally and stave off forgetfulness and the other things that drive you crazy when you have not just ADHD, but, you know, if you're not getting enough sleep, there's a whole host of reasons why we start to get brain fog. And that's just my go-to every single day. Put it in my water. I do it three times a day. I don't know if that's crazy, but that's what I do. They've got great products. I also take Organifi Immunity. I love their greens drink. And I also love their Organifi Gold, which is like an earthy hot chocolate. Anyways, Organifi, I'm proud to say, is our sponsor today. And you, as a listener of The Shaleen Show, get this 20% off. That's new. You'll need to enter the code SHALEEM when you go to Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Shaleen. Again, it's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Shaleen. Enter the code Shaleen for 20% off. You won't be disappointed and you'll be supporting the show. Speaking of which, let's get it started. So As many of you know, I was not diagnosed with my ADHD until I was an adult. I was 45 years old, but I had it all my life. I grew up with it. I just didn't know it had a name. Now, I was fortunate enough to have been raised by someone who also had ADHD. I mean, not both my parents. My mom does not. My father does. And he was also diagnosed by having a brain scan. Let me answer that question first and foremost, because I think it is really important for those of you who either... Either you suspect you have ADHD or you suspect maybe your child does. It is really important to get a diagnosis. Ideally, and I know this isn't in the budget for everybody, but ideally it's great if you could do a brain scan where they get a better assessment of what type of ADHD you have. For example, my son Brock thought that he had ADHD and I wonder if he had gone to another doctor if they would have in fact diagnosed him as such. However, he did have his brain scanned at the Amen Clinic. I will put a link in our show notes. There are Amen Clinics in almost every major city. And there's a few other places where you can go get a brain SPECT, S-P-E-C-T scan. It's different from an MRI. It's different from a traditional brain scan that you might think of. This is a state-of-the-art brain scan that gives psychiatrists more information about how this person's brain is working. A SPECT is It's a nuclear medicine machine, and it's proven to very reliably evaluate blood flow and brain activity. It's super fascinating. The scans show brain flow and activity while you're concentrating and while you're at a state of rest. And it also can help a neurologist to determine what type of ADD or ADHD you have. So when Brock had his scan done, first of all, he did the psychological testing, answered tons of questions, profiles, et cetera, and then did the spec scan. And after they did the scan, they assessed that he has ADHD-like tendencies, but was not diagnosed with ADHD. Interesting. My father, however, 
and myself, we both have inattentive ADHD. And I am going to do a follow-up show very soon about the seven different types of ADHD. Now, as you know, I'm not an expert on ADHD. I'm just an expert at having had it. I'm an expert at figuring out how to use it as a superpower. And I believe, I personally believe, one of the greatest advantages that I had was that my dad had the same kind of brain that I did. That was an advantage to me because my mom kind of understood how he worked and how his brain worked. And my dad kind of understood when he saw certain tendencies in me, he could see himself. And again, he wasn't diagnosed until he was in his 70s. So the very first piece of advice I'd like to give any of you is that you definitely want to get a diagnosis if you suspect it. If your child has been diagnosed with ADD or ADHD, there is a very high likelihood that you or your spouse also has it because there is a genetic component to this. It can be very hereditary. Yes, it is true that ADHD can be exacerbated or the symptoms can be made worse if there are traumas, if you're raised in a particular environment, if there are head injuries, etc. There are also components of ADHD that are very much genetic. Step one is to get a diagnosis from a psychologist, a psychiatrist, or a neurologist. Step two is to learn absolutely everything you can about the way the ADHD brain works. Because let me be very clear, especially to those of you who are listening because you're frustrated with your child, you're frustrated with your spouse, you're frustrated with a coworker who tends to have ADHD, you must understand there is nothing intentional about this. To assume or to be frustrated or annoyed or to feel like this person is being passive aggressive or lazy or you know fill in the blanket adjective is the equivalent of being angry or frustrated or annoyed with a child who had a hearing impairment or a visual impairment. You wouldn't think that was a personality quality. You wouldn't think that was something that they could control or change. You would understand that that's the way they were born. Well, newsflash, this is the way we were born. Your child, your partner, whoever it is, I should probably just stick with talking about children because that's what this episode was dedicated to, but your child didn't choose to have this type of brain. They just do. And there's going to be lots of benefits and there's going to be lots of frustrations and things that are difficult to understand. And just as a child with a hearing impairment can learn to adapt and we can find ways to support them, the same is true of a child who has ADHD. But one thing that will not work is nagging, name-calling, or treating them like they are neurotypical. Their brains, our brains, do not work the same way. They just, they don't. That is one of the reasons why I really enjoyed looking at my brain scan, my SPECT, because I could actually see the areas of my brain that were not getting blood flow. And then it's almost like, okay, well, there's no message being received there. No wonder I can't, or I struggle, I should say, to do fill in the blank. The more knowledge you have about your child's brain, the more knowledge you have about the way they understand things, the way they process information, the more you understand about what's going on in any environment, like when they're watching a movie, when they're trying to do their homework, when they're trying to get ready, when they're trying to be on time, when you're trying to re force them to remember things, like it will make so much more 
sense to you and you'll have so much more empathy. And more importantly, you will better be able to support your child when you really learn everything you can about not only their diagnosis and the treatment, but also how to set them up for success. Number three, remember that this is an ongoing process, whether it's a child or a teenager or frankly, even an adult who's been diagnosed with ADHD, you want to constantly be assessing how you're doing and trying to improve and see if you can't get a better result. So for example, when I first was diagnosed with ADHD, I was on a a relatively higher dosage of medication. I didn't yet understand my own diagnosis. I had to experiment with supplements and sleep, exercise, meditation. Literally having that diagnosis for me was just life-changing. It just, my whole life suddenly made sense. And people have often asked me, do you wish you had your diagnosis earlier? I don't know because I did learn so many coping mechanisms that I think really served me. But the honest truth is, if I had known sooner, I think there's probably a lot more. In fact, I know I hate to live with regret, but I do know I would have done a lot of things differently with regard to my sleep, my exercise, my nutrition, because all of those things were made worse because I didn't know, I didn't have a diagnosis. And keep in mind, there's learning everything you can about ADHD and the treatment and how nutrition and lifestyle impact a child's ADHD. It's one thing to know, and it's quite another to make sure those things happen. Like I know so many parents, and this is not a judgment, but I just, I don't understand the parent who knows their child has ADHD. You're the parent, you're buying food, and you're not thinking about how that food is impacting their cognition. It's like, again, not to use the same analogy, but it's like knowing your child is visually impaired and you're not giving them the right prescription. You're giving them the wrong prescription. Like when it comes to ADHD, two things are better than medication. Number one is sleep. And number two is nutrition. And then third is medication. And I'm not an expert, so let me clearly state that is my opinion. But I think if you speak to just about any doctor who treats ADHD and isn't just a script writer, they are actually invested in seeing children succeed with ADHD and families succeed with ADHD. You're going to hear the very same thing. Like every single book that I've read on ADD and ADHD, whether it's for children or adults, the messaging is the same. It is nutrition, sleep, lifestyle, and medication. And keep in mind that medication for certain types of ADHD, it can make the conditions worse. So not every child who's diagnosed with ADHD needs to be on medication. Don't assume just because your doctor said, okay, your child definitely has ADHD, let's get them on medication. And you don't see it improving your child. That doesn't mean give up. That doesn't mean that you just take them off cold turkey. It means that you have to be ruthlessly devoted to figuring out a better way. Seeing another doctor, getting an additional opinion, but more than anything, being your own child's advocate. Learn everything you freaking can about the disease and then about your child in particular. Like, Talk to them about it. Ask them what goes through their head. And sometimes it's hard for us to describe it, but I promise you will be better served by asking those questions and seeking to understand. And it's so important that that starts with you because as your child continues through school, the schooling system is not not set up to help 
children with ADHD thrive is just not. It really isn't. So it's so important that, number one, you understand your child has educational rights. You need to become an active part of the team that helps to make sure that your child is in the right class, is has that individualized education plan, if that's possible. And almost every state has that in place. So don't be afraid to look for more information, but expect that you're going to need to be the advocate. So my next step is to encourage you to regularly communicate with patients when it comes to other people in your child's life. That could be the coach, it could be their teacher, it could be their tutor, their piano teacher. It's just really important that you communicate with these folks because, I mean, you love your child. But for someone who doesn't understand ADHD and hasn't been around it, it's not uncommon for people to make assumptions. This child is lazy. This child has poor habits. This child is a daydreamer. This child can't pay attention. This child isn't well-disciplined. This child comes from a home where the parents aren't doing a great job of teaching them you know, this or that, when in fact, and I certainly don't want you to make excuses for your kids, right? Like, that's not what I'm talking about. It's our job, however, to help support our kids and also to help those who are working with our children understand what's going on and just that it's not personal. I'm not suggesting that you're asking others to make special accommodations, but in some cases you may need to. My next tip is to educate yourself on how to be a better ADHD parent because the way you parent a child with ADHD is completely different from a child who's neurotypical. A child with ADHD often is going to struggle when it comes to time management and the obvious things like focus, memory, even comprehension. A really brilliant, intelligent, even a gifted child can struggle with comprehension, but score like off the charts on the test. You might also find the opposite is true. And especially with girls, young girls, their diagnosis is often missed because they often do not present as hyperactive. It's also true that the school systems and many medical doctors, there's just this preconceived notion that little boys have a higher rate of ADHD, which is not true. And so little girls are often missed. Also, little girls are taught to be people pleasers, right? So they're going to find ways to hide, to cover it up, to be more social, to be sweet, to play it off as being ditzy or dumb. And it just gets missed that they have ADHD. So it's really not uncommon for girls to be overlooked. Now, if you tuned into this episode because you're hoping for some of those tips and you're like, oh, Shalene, that's not helpful. If you're telling us we just need to go get parent training If we have a child with ADHD, let me offer some suggestions. Number one, a child with ADHD needs to know exactly what is expected from them, and they need one command at a time. So a neurotypical child, you can say, I need you to take off your shoes, finish the dishes, finish your homework, and then you're going to take your shoes upstairs, and I need you to bring your lunchbox down from your bedroom. And they might remember all of those steps. I mean, even if you gave them like three steps, like I need you to take off your shoes and then go upstairs and get your lunchbox. A neurotypical child is going to remember those two things. An ADHD child, I just can't even tell you what goes through our brains. You tell them to take off their shoes. They might start to take off their shoes. And in the middle of taking off their shoes, 
They think about the lunchbox and they go upstairs to get the lunchbox. Wait, is that something kids even still have today? Do kids even carry lunchboxes anymore? I don't even know. All right, let's just say it's a backpack. Well, they can go upstairs to get their backpack and they can like see their iPad out the corner of their eye and realize like, oh, that needs to be charged and go to plug it in. And now they're looking at their iPad and thinking, huh, I should just play a game. And then they sit down and play a game and you're downstairs furious because you asked your child to do one or two things and they couldn't complete those two tasks. It's so important that we give children with ADHD one task at a time and very specific instructions. The more ambiguity there is, the more you leave it to the child's own imagination to fill in the blanks. A child with ADHD is so curious and so distracted by all the other little details. And what else? that is one of the reasons why it is so difficult to take a test if you have ADHD, because if there's any ambiguities in questions or information you don't know, if you do need, like the train was moving at 40 miles per hour and there are 10 people on the train, someone with ADHD is going, well, were they men or women? And where were they going? And were they carrying luggage? Like we ask for all these additional pieces of information. Our brains get very, very distracted. And that is why if you are a parent of a child with ADHD, you have to give them very specific and consistent directions. And you have to limit the amount of information that you're giving them. If it's information that they do not need in that moment, do not give it to them. If you're giving a child with ADHD instructions like take off your shoes and take them upstairs, that's plenty. If you say, I need you to take off your shoes and put them upstairs in your bedroom because I've asked your brother and sister to go through their closets and clean everything out and we're going to clean out our closets this weekend and we're doing this because there's a big drive at the church. Like it's so much information. Your child has already forgotten the one very specific thing that you asked them to do. And in your mind, you're like, I only asked them to do one thing. That's right. But then you went on and you gave them additional details and additional information they do not need. You have to limit the amount of information that you're giving them. Next, limit their distractions. Most children with ADHD, it is just torturous to put them in an environment where another child might thrive, like with the TV playing in the background and you're asking this child to complete their homework or even to finish a chore or an activity. Remember, this child struggles with focus. So anything that pulls at their focus, which might not pull your focus, like seeing a window that's open, seeing activity, hearing voices, music, noise, something that they want to play with, temptations, all of these things create distractions. However, because typically a child with ADHD is triggered by visual stimuli, you can use that to your advantage. For example, using post-it notes or items that you tell your child when you see this, use it to remind you to do fill in the blank. I am 52 years old and I still, to this day, have a note at the front door, a post-it note that says, lock it. Because if I don't see that post-it note, I will forget to lock my car. I have these little tiny digital clocks in every room where I might be getting ready, like I'm in my podcast room, I have one in here. I have one in my bathroom. I have one by where I put on my makeup. I have one in my closet where I get dressed. I have these little clocks everywhere because if I can't see the time, I don't know what time it is because I literally do not have the ability to estimate time. What could feel like five minutes for me 
it may actually be 25 or 30. I'm not even kidding. I will just be shocked when I look at the clock and realize how much time has elapsed. And that is a part of our brains. I can't change that. But what I can do is use tools or create an environment that supports this disability. And, you know, I like to think of it as a superpower, but there's no denying that it has been classified as a cognitive disability for a reason. It's also really important that you notice and highlight your child's small wins, like getting ready on time, paying attention to the little things that they often have to be reminded. And if there's an opportunity where you didn't have to remind them to do it, point that out and let them know how amazing that is. One of the most difficult things for children with ADHD is that our self-esteem suffers. It's so hard. I remember this. I remember knowing I was a smart person, knowing I had more common sense than the average person, but yet struggling to recall the things that my classmates could recall, struggling to pay attention. And you have to pay attention if you want to have reading comprehension. Well, if I could read an entire book and comprehend it if I could pay attention, but if it didn't hold my interest, I had no idea what I just read. And it was so frustrating. And I often felt like there just had to be something wrong with my brain. I knew that I was smart. I knew I was smart, but I felt stupid. And I just don't know a better way to describe it. And there were a lot of times where that did really weigh on my self-confidence. And I'm, I'm a really confident person. I was a confident kid. But when it came to the things that came so much easier to other kids, man, I would beat myself up. I mean, especially anything related to time. And even to this day, it bothers me so much when I am late for something because I don't want to be late, because I don't want to be like this. And I hate that I can't estimate time. And I hate that there might be an occasion where it's like, I didn't look at the clock. And so I have no idea what time it is. And I know how that impacts people who don't have this, who are neurotypical. And to someone who doesn't understand the ADHD brain, it's really easy to assume that this person is being lazy, that they are a narcissist, that they are disrespecting your time. And just imagine how painful all those labels are, that you're self-centered, narcissist, lazy, that you don't care about other people, and that you're inconsiderate. Like Those are some of the most painful labels I can think of. I would rather be called stupid than be called those things because I care so much about other people. But even as a kid, even as a child, I would feel that stigma about showing up late or, or not being able to estimate my own time and just feeling really down on myself. Your child feels those things. You have to go overboard to show them your support and your unconditional love. And on the days when they do get it right, you have to let them know how proud you are of them, but also to let them know that even when they don't get it right, you still love them. And you're going to help smooth things over for them. You're going to help them get through the rough times. You're going to help them learn these coping mechanisms. But it doesn't make you love them any less. They will likely struggle with these things for the rest of their lives. I mean, there are so many things that even today, I still struggle every single day to stay focused. If I don't use my push journal, if I don't schedule my time, I won't get the right things done. I'll get a lot of things done. I will hyper-focus and do things that I don't need to do, but my brain tells me I need to do them. It's really hard to control 
your impulses when you have ADHD. Children with ADHD are often rejected or unpopular with their peers, boys especially, because they tend to be really hyperactive, kind of impulsive. You know, this tends to show up with aggressive behaviors. And these things can be embarrassing for a parent. You know, it's a reflection on you. You take your child to a group or they're hanging out with other kids and it's embarrassing to you if your child doesn't get along or if your child is the one who's acting aggressively or impulsively, which is all the more reason why you want to make sure that a child with ADHD is involved in sports. Now, I haven't read this in too many of the books, but a few of them have mentioned this. And I can just tell you from personal experience, the more things that you can give a child with ADHD to do that they love, that's a key. They have to love it. And those things that are physical and those things that require both hand-eye coordination, those are so good for those of us who have ADHD because it really does improve our cognition. It keeps the brain busy. It keeps the body busy. It improves sleep and self-confidence. And it gives your child something to focus on other than memory, comprehension, and sitting still. If you can give a child something that they enjoy hyper-focusing on, you will have a win on your hands. It's one of the reasons why children with ADHD often excel in arts and dance, athletics, sometimes computer skills. They've got incredible mechanical abilities, like they can build things. You're like, how in the world did you just do that? If you tap into those strengths, instead of trying to force your child into being who you wanted them to be, if you allow them the opportunity to find that thing that they absolutely love, and then you encourage and foster that environment, I'm telling you, it's going to impact their confidence. And I just don't think there is any better gift that you can give your child than the gift of confidence. Confidence comes when we know we can do it ourselves. And the last and final tip that I have for those of you who are parents of a child with ADHD is to think big picture. I mean, drop the pressure you're putting on yourself and this kid to get exceptional grades. I'm just here to tell you, look for all the brilliance your child has and who gives two licks about what kind of grades they get. Just make sure they're doing their best. I want them to pass, obviously. But like, if you're expecting your child to get straight A's and they have ADHD, wow, are you doing a number on your kid? Like, you're putting an expectation on them that is really difficult. Let's just say that. Now, there are certainly exceptions. There are those kids who really do exceptionally well. They get excellent grades, especially children who have the type of ADHD that shows up as anxiety. Like they're very worried about disappointing, showing up to anything late, missing any details. Those kind of kids often do really, really well in school. But for the most part, it's a struggle. And I'm going to go on a limb here and tell you that your kids' grades have very little to do with their future success. I mean, the most successful entrepreneurs that I know have ADHD. And that's something you might want to consider. Pushing your child with ADHD into a traditional educational future might not be the best way to go. My personal opinion is that it is not in the best interest of a child with ADHD to make the assumption that what they need to do is get exceptional grades, to get into an exceptional college so that they can get this job where they have to fit into this norm that just, it doesn't work for most people with ADHD. That's why you find so many people with ADHD 
gravitate towards entrepreneurship because it allows us to hyper-focus on the things that we like, to work a schedule that works with our brain, and to do the things in a way that don't necessarily fit with corporate America. Am I suggesting that everyone with ADHD needs to be an entrepreneur? No, I'm not. But don't force your kids to live up to your expectations. Let them be who they want to be. And I think one of the best things that we can do for our kids, literally, the best thing you can do for your kids is to teach them that they have everything they need to make money on their own. If they want to work in corporate America, awesome. But in today's environment, with the opportunities that exist online, with the ability to educate ourselves, with the ability to find something that you absolutely love and serve others, it's almost irresponsible to teach our children that they need to rely on getting good grades and then a a good job and putting them in a position where they could be fired, replaced, laid off, terminated, or have their job eliminated. And that's just my two cents. Listen, it's not easy. It's not easy for the parent of a child with ADHD, but it's even much tougher on the kid. Keep that in mind. And to those of you who are married to somebody with ADHD, thank you for listening to this episode and for doing the work that you have been on trying to better understand what it's like for us and how to be a more supportive partner or parent. I'm also going to include a link to the episode that Brett did on how to cope with a partner who has ADHD because Brett does not and your girl does. And I've heard from people that that particular episode saved their marriage. So check that out if you haven't already. And just thank you for caring enough to try to do better. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon.